Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers. Kevin Leonard is our guest. He's the executive director of the North Carolina County uh, Association of County Commissioners. He's been in it. Uh, he's been with them now for ten years, and the association dates back almost a hundred and ten, well, a little bit more than a hundred and ten yep. years, and represents. And actually, it's the commissioners that are the members, not the county itself. Is that correct? So the commissioners lead the organization, and uh, we have a a 50-member board made up of 49 county commissioners, one uh, non-voting county manager. Um, And so we are led by the elected officials. However, the association uh, takes the responsibility of representing all of the county. And so we we offer a lot of services and representation to the county managers, to the department heads of all of the departments. um, And uh, anything that relates to a county, we we really take on as a responsibility of the association. But we are led by, by by the elected officials. You know, I mentioned earlier churches and uh, community organizations, and even within counties, there's a lot of what we call we and they. For example, the county board of commissioners will refer to the school board as they, and the county, the school board refers to uh, the county commissioners as they. So we're in a we and they thing. This interesting thing about that, as I always point out, is it's all we. For example, every member of the General Assembly lives in a county. Right. And so they, they are part of the uh, the the system that uh, they they've got to provide the funds for and the direction for so uh, breaking down those we and they barriers sometimes is a little bit more difficult because it's logical that people will support the the, the organization that they're in but it, we're still part of we it, I think that's well said um, whatever it was <laughs> well the the we part it makes me think of this that. County commissioners, and, and, and this is something I've realized over, over my time at, at the uh, County Commissioners Association, is that if, if you're a student of government or, or love public policy, this realization came to me um, that county government and the government design in North Carolina is structured in such a way that the county commissioners are forced – by the design of our government to collaborate. And it's really a piece of art if you think about it. It's really frustrating too at the same time because if if you are forced into these territorial disputes, um, which I think is sort of human nature to some degree, uh, and, and, we're, and we're structured that way already, um, the county commissioners fund all of these things that we've already talked about. They they have to fund the sheriff's department. They have to fund the board, uh, the school board. They uh, they're required to do these things. In a city, in a, in a differentiation between cities, we were talking about that earlier. The the city has more of a, um, a a direct mission, and it's for the residents and the services within that district. And the way that they're structured, they're they're basically saying this is how it's going to be, and this is what we're going to do, and the service that we're going to provide. The the county commissioners, a differentiation there is that it, that it's designed in such a way that. They have to come to some agreement. This board of five individuals or nine individuals, it varies in our, in, from county to county. They ha- are forced 
to sit down and collaborate and make decisions, the best way to spend these resources, these funds, and it, it, the answer is not clear. Everything's important. Everything's a priority. Um, but they have got to choose. And it, so it forces collaboration between these school boards and and the and these other boards that the sheriff's department and the and the, the social services board and public health boards. It's not it, it's and it sets up conflict. But conflict's not bad. As long as you have civil discourse, and I, and I think that's what you were getting yes, at yeah. in your in your yeah. comment, that we have to keep the bigger picture that we are all in this together and trying to provide the best service. And I think that county commissioners are extraordinarily well equi- equipped to have those conversations. And that's why when a county commissioner um, is elected to the state house or the senate, and that that happens quite a bit, you know, that think it's a natural progression. From my perspective, I'm delighted to see that. Because they're already well equipped to go down to the General Assembly and know how to work and collaborate together across all kinds of aisles, not just political aisles, but all kinds of aisles. What is the community college system fitting into all this? So, like uh, we haven't mentioned that one yeah. yet. So, um, you know, folks may not be aware that uh, county county government is involved in the community college system, um, and and it gets back to that infrastructure piece again. Um, the counties have uh, in statute the ability for some appointments on the county on the community college board so they're they they have that influence there but they also appropriate monies out of those county funds that we've talked about for community college buildings and so uh, they they have uh, that input uh, there also uh, county so it's sort of like the school system they're in charge of the buildings and, cor- the, and the state provides the funds for the Correct, and then you have a, a, a you know your president of your community college, your local president of community college, and they have their own board board of trustees, and they set sort of the policy and the curriculum and, and those types of things. But a county commissioner, as a leader in their county, can will also sort of unofficially, I I, I think, work with as I said earlier, the, this collaboration process, they've got their finger on the pulse of all the things going on in their county, whether they're recruiting business, economic development into their county. And then oftentimes that means that they need to have a channel of communication with the community college to make sure that the workforce is there and trained in the way that the businesses need to be. And I'm thinking primarily of of, uh, of manufacturing. I'd like to take a moment and mention, if, if I have time, Sure. Our, uh, our current acting president of our association is a gentleman named Kevin Austin from Yadkin County. Um, he is uh, our acting president. He will be officially sworn in as our president of our organization uh, in August of this of this in, in next month, uh, this year. And he is very uh, interested in this con- this idea uh, about specifically the training at community colleges. Because he wants to make an impact and sees a need for impact with disconnected youth. A definition of that quickly is there are a lot of uh, young people in our communities, in our counties, who may not have found that path to uh, a job. And they may not want to go to a four-year institution. uh, Or they may want – they might have found barriers to getting into community college. we're interested in understanding why that is the case and creating a path for disconnected youth who, who might have finished high school or may not have finished high school, and then, but then they, they are desiring a path maybe towards a trade or a certificate or something like that. So, so Commissioner Austin, uh, during the next year in the association, uh, thusly will be working 
uh, on that particular subject matter and trying to find um, maybe some uh, recommendations uh, for the state. And this is one of the things the association does. We, we work with our state partners to come up with ideas and tactical, strategic uh, things that we could do at the local level that will impact things like uh, workforce development and, uh, and disconnected youth. So look for us to be working on, on that over the next year. The uh, one of the big problems I, I suspect some eighty counties are facing is the shifting of population. We have about twenty or twenty-two counties that are growing, and some are growing very rapidly. Uh, and then we have about eighty counties that are either flat in population or worse yet losing population. And of course, if you're losing population, then property values go down. Uh, that the source of income, and so. Uh, how do you see us facing that problem in the next years of balancing uh, the growth in North Carolina away from uh, the tremendous growth in the the Crescent, uh, Piedmont Crescent, from running from basically, well, I guess, Wilson County all the way through Wake County, Durham County, Guilford County, you know, all the, Rowan all the way down to Charlotte. Uh, that, that area is growing like leaps and bounds, and other parts of the state are suffering. It's a very interesting question and, and probably doesn't have a, a very easy answer to it. Or uh, probably even not, not an answer. Well, I, I would start this with this. Um, North Carolina is an amazing state. And I grew up, as you mentioned, I grew up here in Davidson County, um, and I love this state. We have so many assets in North Carolina and thus in our counties, you know, from the mountains to the coast to the, to the Piedmont. And you're correct that we have population change in North Carolina. A lot of folks are coming in from other places, and, and, and we're, we're certainly a growing state. But the, the people who live here, those people who have joined us and those who have grown up here, uh, they're a great population of people, of creative people, and, and I think of hard workers. And, um, and, they lo- and I think they love this state just as much. So I think that's an asset to talk about first, and uh, that our, our just our topography and our, our geographic spot in the nation and uh, and the people. Um, what I see, and, and again, from my perspective where I sit at the association, I've already mentioned broadband and the deployment thereof and us advocating for the county to take a stronger role in providing infrastructure. It's something we know about, especially we haven't talked about water and sewer issues and things like that, but that's something else the county does is, you know, basic services that people don't see like water and sewer um, and the buildings that our, we, our kids go to school in, et cetera, the community colleges. So infrastructure of, of a digital uh, nature, broadband, is just one of those things that needs to be added to that list. If we can get that out into uh, suburban, rural parts of our state, I think we're just going to continue to grow. Other than that, I've seen, as I cross the state and visit with county commissioners, I've seen so many creative county commissioners who are doing um, really neat things to to keep people in their communities, keep kids in their communities, um, to make uh, – young folks thrive. It makes me think of Paige Lamell, who's a county commissioner uh, in Transylvania County, which is up in the mountains, uh, has pulled together a partnership with uh, Sesame Street, like the Sesame Street out of New York. They saw a promise in the work that she was doing on early childhood development. And so 
things like that and creative programs like that are, are really helping places like Transylvania thrive. And then it makes me think of uh, Bertie County uh, in the eastern part of our state. They're really they're, um, working on their natural resources that they have out there and building uh, trails for outdoor use. And there's just a lot of neat things going on in North Carolina. And, and of course, the ultimate resource is, is the brains and the brain power of the people. Kevin Leonard is our guest. He's the executive director of the North Carolina Association of County Commissioners, and we'll be back with more right after these messages. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was 0.5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter has just been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. When we get old, will you take care of me if I can't get around anymore? Of course. We'll find a way. Are you going to take care of me if I can't see anymore? I'll read to you every day. And if one of us gets Alzheimer's disease, what then? Call 1-800-437-2423 for a free booklet on caring for your loved ones from Alzheimer's Disease Research. 1-800-437-2423. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. We're back with our final segment of Carolina Newsmakers. We have uh, had the pleasure of having Kevin Leonard with us all during the program, he's the executive director of the North Carolina Association of County Commissioners, and we've learned about uh, the many uh, problems of the counties, the opportunities of the counties, and and how we are facing uh, providing the services uh, that uh, the state of uh, state citizens and the citizens of those counties need and want. Uh, we mentioned in the very early part of the program the probably the number one function of the county commissioners, and there are many, uh, the county commissioners, county commissioners Association, there are many, but advocacy is probably right at the top of the list. And the General Assembly in session now, uh, you have a great role in trying to work with the members of the legislature, who, by the way, are, as we said before, are citizens of the counties, mm-hmm. yep, that's right. uh, and uh, working out uh, legislation that would benefit and uh, assists the county. So you've already mentioned the broadband situation several times, that that's a, a top priority. What are the other priorities, and where uh, is uh, uh, where do we stand on legislation that affects those priorities? Well, um, I'll just echo think, uh, something you said about the General Assembly. They are still in session. Uh, the current situation as we speak today, the, we're waiting to see about the uh, the budget, um, it's been vetoed, and I know that the House is, uh, is trying to determine whether or not there are votes uh, to override. That's important to counties in terms of adopting a budget. Uh, of course, there's a provision that allows current-level spending to go forward. So uh, for the first time in, in, since 
2016. In my in my recollection of there's a provision that allows state government to proceed without doing a continuing resolution. So it could be that they're there for a while. But and that's important to mention because usually a county government is waiting on the state budget to pass to figure out whether those state funds for services are going to be coming down. In this case, it's going to go uh, forward. So um, so that's a positive thing. Um, I was down at the building, at the legislative building yesterday talking about sales tax flexibility. So that's another major priority for us, and it moved out of a, Senate, a House Finance Committee yesterday. So we're, we're feeling very positive about, about that. Um, that it, it doesn't raise new taxes. I want to make sure everybody hears that. It doesn't raise new taxes. What it does is there are several articles on the books that allow counties to adopt through a referendum, meaning they'll vote on it and then it'll go to the people in the county. Uh, it, this provision that we're advocating for now is to allow more flexibility uh, on what you can do that, what you could use that those funds for. There's one particular article that would only use for public tran transportation. This would open it up to education purposes. So that's a big thing. But I didn't want to leave here today without talking about mental health because it's a big issue for our counties. It's a big issue for our association. Uh, advocating for uh, the folks uh, who maybe some of the most vulnerable in our communities uh, and, and it relates to mental health and our relationship as a county and this is a we could spend a whole show talking about mental health in counties but before 2000 and that was when re really major mental health reform started um, uh, counties had a mental they had a mental, like a mental health department uh, we do not do that anymore. There's what is known as LMEs and MCOs, and those those folks do those services. Counties help pay for some of those services. But the big thing is that a lot of uh, folks with mental health issues end up in county jails. And so providing the necessary uh, f um, programming, and of course that means funding, funding for programming to help folks who shouldn't be in jail but should be in substance abuse programs or in mental health programs, that's something we are uh, very much advocating for and involved with. So I would raise that to your listeners as a major issue that's going on in every county in this entire state. And, uh, and, and as you said earlier, it's a, an issue in Tyrrell County, just as it is in Mecklenburg or Wake. It's just a different scale. You know, we failed to mention earlier on, and we probably should have, because the federal government has this ability to just spend, 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 and borrow, borrow, borrow. North Carolina has balanced budgets, Correct. and that means balanced budget on the state level. It means balanced budget on the county level, and that's why all these decisions are so important, because there's a pot of money, and the pot can't be any bigger. There's a finite amount of pie, and it has to be split up. And as you mentioned, sometimes the pie shrinks. Uh, depending on which county you're in. But it doesn't mean that the priorities are not the same. I mean, there's not the certain amount of mandated services. Yeah. So, yeah, it is and, a problem. And one of the things that sometimes the federal government does and state government does, it, when they want a program and they can't afford it, they, they pass it down. And, and, and that, that, that creates a dilemma. So that is what we call an unfunded mandate. Yeah. And uh, we are very familiar with those uh, where the state will say this service shall be provided and the county shall provide it. But then there's not corresponding dollars that come down to – provide that service that's an unfunded mandate and you're right that happens not only at uh, the state to the county level that happens at the federal the state level yeah. 
Yeah, well, it's not, it's not unlike the family budget when, uh, <laughs> uh, but the, the budget has to be balanced. And the, the only exception to that is uh, bond issues, and the interest on that has to be paid. It, so. it, it does, and um, I, I would say that the state budget, you know, as we talked about, it, the fiscal year end has come and gone. Uh, there's not a budget, but there's the spending plan in place already that keeps le- current levels. The county budget has to be adopted by um, the end of the fiscal year, which is June 30th, uh, for all 100 counties. So all 100 counties have adopted a budget June 30th. We're done. Um, so that's something the county commissioners have to do. Now, can they come back and alter that if the budget changes? They can. They they, they would and there's a lot of public notice requirements built into our laws. Again, I would just highlight that North Carolina is a is a it's called the good government state for a reason. And back to the 1930s, there was a lot of uh, new laws adopted that required a lot of oversight by the LGC, local government commission, and state government, and a lot of public um, notice and transparency. So if they're going to adopt a provision to adjust the budget, it has to be properly noticed and, and hearings, and, and then they take action at the county commission, the board, which is open to the public. I'm sure we've already mentioned this, but I'm going to ask you this question. You've got about a minute uh, to respond, and that is, what is at the absolute top of Kevin Leonard's agenda of things that you're looking at short-term uh, as you go back to your office and, and uh, uh do your work. What's at the top of your agenda right now? Well, I mentioned broadband as our legislative issue. So our, our top five issues, I think we, we have hit. So those are things that are always on my mind and trying to advocate at the General Assembly. Um, other than that, top of my mind for today is getting ready for our annual conference. Uh, so we'll have uh, well over 400 uh, people, county commissioners statewide and, and national speakers coming in to Guilford County in less than a month. So uh, we're planning uh, for that, and we're looking forward to it, and uh, it's going to be a great a great conference. So that's on top of my mind uh, today. How, how many days is, is that conference? So we, uh, we start on a Wednesday with our board meeting, um, and then we'll go through uh, – We'll go through late uh, Saturday. We'll end with a, a breakfast on Sunday morning. So, so a couple. Of well, I'm sure each county commissioner looks forward to that because not only is there uh, uh, some ability to commiserate with other county commissioners, but also sharing of ideas is important. We call it. The, it's a. It really is a county family, and it's like a family reunion when you get all the county commissioners together because we we are all in it together, yeah. as you said. <laughs> That's right. There is no they. There's just we. Kevin Leonard has been our guest. He's the executive director of the North Carolina Association of County Commissioners, and we've been talking about the the function of that uh, wonderful organization that serves our state so well. Our program has been produced by Jason Cog, and he'll have another interesting guest for us. If you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast, you can go to carolinanewsmakers.com and hear just that. Uh, As I said, we'll be back on the same group of stations all across North Carolina again next week with another guest. So the next week, same time, same station. Have a nice week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Carolina Newsmakers.